Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome to another wonderful week of Don't Box Me In. I am your host, Lana Reed. And, you know, I always love to give people encouragement and inspiration uh, that their storms that they're going through are only temporary. It's only momentary. And there are better days ahead. And my guest today will help me share this message. Jimmy Burgess truly knows what it is like to fall down and get back up again, only to bounce back and thrive better than before. He has worked the nine to five, been self-employed, made millions of dollars and lost it all and went through bankruptcy. Yeah, through it all, he has become evolved into an author, speaker, and eternal optimist, which I love to hear, and is here today to give us pointers on how to find our path back from the low points in life. I'm so happy to have him with me on the show today, and it is with pleasure that I welcome Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Lana, I'm excited to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, no. My pleasure. My pleasure. And I hear a little bit of a twang. Where are you from, Jim? <laughs> well, you know, you you are in L.A. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, well, yes. my, my L.A. is in – I'm in northwest Florida, which we call lower Alabama. So if my accent kind of comes through that way, that that's kind of – that's that's my L.A., I guess you could oh, say, is okay. northwest okay. Florida. Okay. Okay. So we got a twangy, a twangy L.A. here going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I can't hide it, you know? No, you definitely cannot hide that. <laughs> well, uh, once again, thank you for hanging out with me today. I always uh, tell people all the time, I always appreciate anybody's time because that is something you can't get back. So it is a gift to me, and I appreciate you greatly for that. Um, so, um, Jimmy, I want to start off. You have been in a place in life so many times that so many people crave to be in, and that is the spot of being financially stable. That's kind of what we're always, you know, uh, groomed to kind of be told that that's what we have to be is financially stable. Um, and I'm understanding correctly, you got started in the business world by the way of a family real estate business. It was, yes, it was. Long. Okay, how old are you? How were you and got into that? You know, I got out of college. I went to work um, with Merrill Lynch as a uh, financial consultant, um, and I just really wasn't cut out for the corporate world, to be perfectly frank. And so ended up having an opportunity to come back and run the uh, family real estate business, and um, that's how I got started in real estate. Okay. That uh, I kind of got burnt out on that and ended up taking a job at a bank as a commercial okay. lender. Okay. And uh, that really wasn't for me. I kind of – I like the job. I like the people I worked with. Um, it just – there was something missing. Okay. And so then that kind of led me into uh, going out on my own. Oh, okay. So let's. Um, so you started off in the family business a little shortly after college, and then you went into the uh, the uh, nine to five thing. Right? How long did you stay there? One year. Oh. <laughs> it did take me long to figure out it was I was a square peg. If you know what I mean. So I, I tell you what happened, Lana. What, what's interesting is, is I you know. I just kept thinking, you know, that maybe if I got a raise, that maybe it would give me that passion. Maybe that whatever it was that I felt like was missing, if I could get that raise. So I went to the uh, CEO of the bank and he and just said, hey, you know, thanks. For, and and my, my loan business was growing pretty quick. This was right as the real estate market was taking off, you know, around okay. 2003 or so, 2002. Um, and because of my background in real estate and because of what I was doing, commercial lending, um, I was, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of loans. I was adding a lot of value to the bank. So when I went to the CEO and said, "Hey, I'd like a raise," you know, he said, "Well, don't worry about it. You know, we give, you know, we only give raises at the end of the year for year-end evaluations. But you're doing great, and mm-hmm. the bank will take care of you." Now, if you've ever had a job, <laughs> somebody told you that they were going to take care of you, you know how this probably ended oh, up. Oh yes, and, oh yes. Uh, I ended up not getting the raise, and I finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I finally got to a place that, you know, here I was. I don't know if anybody else has ever been there, but I, financially speaking, I was, you know, I was in my early 30s, and I just thought I'd be further along in life. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I thought I'd be in a place where I wouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck, where mm-hmm. um, I would have my family in a better position. And, um, you know, so I just – I began to make some change. I knew if things were going to change, I had to change. And so that's what I did. You know, I, I funneled 
positivity inside me. I read every autobiography I could find. Uh, I really didn't even care, you know, what it was, what the person, what kind of business they were in. I just wanted to know, I wanted to read what was the difference between people that were ordinary, that lived ordinary lives, and that lived extraordinary lives, that, that made an impact, you know what I mean, to the world. Gotcha. And uh, when I started doing that, everything began to change. Um, I just, uh, I knew, I listened to all these motivational tapes, um, mm-hmm. and they just really made a difference. I, I had heard it so many times before, but for some reason, about two months after I didn't get that raise, I heard um, Zig Ziglar say, you know, the same thing he always, you know, if you could just help enough other people get what they want, you can have everything you want. And for some reason, Lana, it just it hit my soul when he said it mm-hmm. that time, and I knew my passion. Was helping other people. And so that's what I did. I began to ask everybody I came into contact with, especially with the people that I was working with in the real estate business, what is it that would help your business get better? What could, what, what do you really need? Okay. And about a month later, I realized that the people I had in my right hand, that the things that they were saying they needed, a lot of the people that I had on my list on my left hand had those things. I began to put them together. Okay. Well, when I did that within a year, I left the bank about a month later. Um, It just went out on my own. Within a year, my annual salary that I had at the bank became my uh, my average monthly income. Within two years, it becomes my average biweekly income. You know, things change real quick financially. But and you know, this my whole story is about bouncing back. And here's what happens: is at least it did for me. When that money comes in so fast. You know, and, and you and I began to think it was about me. Mm. I began to lose focus on who I really was. I began to, you know, let my pride and my ego get involved to a place where the person that I was that had gotten me going in the right direction was not the person who I was anymore. And when you get to that place, at least for me, I made bad decision after bad decision. Couple along with that, the real estate market turning like it did, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I mean, I just I'll never forget the date. It's May. It was May 4th, 2009, and um, after all these millions of dollars had come in that should have set us up for life, I'm sitting in the federal bankruptcy court mm. with my wife in Pensacola, Florida, and I'm thinking, what just happened? I mean, how could I let something that should have been a blessing turn into such a curse? How could I be put my family in this position? How could I be at this place in life where I've got to start over because I had less than $500 to my name? Wow. Um, and, and it just – it was a powerful time. And it led me to get back focused on what was truly important, which was focusing it on other people and helping them. And when I did that, we bounced back financially uh, pretty quick. It wasn't that we bounced back in the way that we were before. Don't get me wrong. But all my needs were met. All of my wants for the most part were met. But it wasn't even about the money. Mm-hmm. My, my relationship with my wife after a year of coming through that hard time was better than it ever had been. My relationship with my kids was totally different than it was when I was in my struggle, um, spiritually speaking, I was in a be- better place than I'd ever been. Relationally, the people around me, I was in a better place. So I just want to encourage people that are out there that may be in a struggle right now to understand that unless Brown puts it this way, and man, I love his voice and how mm-hmm. powerful it is. He says, your struggle has not come to stay. It's come to pass. Yeah, and what I've found is, is that in my life, you know, yes, struggle is a part of life. I wish I knew why. And I think at some point, I think that's the first thing we're going to hear, you know, on the other side is we're going to hear this big, oh, you know, where everybody is, we go in, you know, yeah. get to the place we're going to heaven. Oh, now I understand, you know. Right. But now while I'm here, I, it's my job to just to move through those things and to realize that it's a part of it. But in actuality, it's shaping us to who we're really supposed to be. That's true. I think, you know, everybody goes through that whole, like, you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? You know, while you're in the thick of it, while you're in the muck of it, but, you know, um, it's very hard to kind of rationalize that this eventually will be my testimony. This will eventually mold me into the best individual that I, I can possibly be. But, you know, we have to go through this, this part of life, this uncomfortable part. You know, I, I kind of equate it to the whole cocoon and butterfly thing. You're kind of have to be, you know, just bound up in this little tight, uncomfortable spot, you know, before you blossom and, you know, you're this beautiful creature. But, you know, it's just really hard to kind of be emotionally mature while you're going through it and uh, say, okay, you know, let me just take my punches and, you know, there's something better ahead for me out there. Absolutely. And, and hey, I think that's the best analogy of all is the butterfly and the cocoon. But here's what's pretty it's pretty amazing about that whole deal is, you know, the cocoon's there to protect them as, as they transform. Yes. When the butterfly begins to come out, 
that's a tough part of that transformation because the wings actually are fully they, – they, they come into everything they're supposed to be as that butterfly comes out because that cocoon that was so hard for them to let distractions come in while they were making the transformation. As they begin to come out, their shoulders just ease out, and it's such a struggle for them to come out. But actually, that part of that struggle drives the fluids that are in the center mm-hmm. of that butterfly out to the wings to fully develop them. The worst thing that can happen is for somebody to see a butterfly struggling to get out of a cocoon and go up there and snip the cocoon and, and make it easy for them to get out because right. they won't fully develop into what they're supposed to be. So, yeah, it's tough, but in reality, like we were talking about, that transformation going through the hardest part of the struggle is typically when the biggest gains are made in who we're supposed to be. There you go. There you go. And, you know, listening to your story, like a part of your your dynamic and, and the, the trials and tribulation for you was really the money aspect. And I think there's, there's this phrase that the, the young people say today, you know, more money, more problems. And, um, but it, it's something that we are told as society to kind of constantly strive for. You know, you have to, you have to have to get more material things. You have to get more money. I need more things. I need more things. But that's truly not where the, the happiness lies. No, it's, it's not. And, you know, I, I think. You know, where that originated with, with Biggie Smalls and yeah, yeah. there you go. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. He said, "More money, more problems." Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but here's the thing that's great about it is, is that when when you're in that and you're chasing what the world tells you to do, I just understand there's got to be a balance there because when I was in the middle of those things and I was trying to do what the world told me, um, my relationship suffered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truly important things. I always say, here's what's amazing is, because I'd have never believed this. If you'd have told me when I was financially in the place that I was in that, you know what, losing everything financially is going to be the best thing ever happened to you, I'd have said you're crazy. Mm-hmm. But in my case, it took me losing everything that money could buy in order to be able to have and to get all the things that money couldn't buy, my relationships around me, to see who my friends were. You know, here's the thing is. Everybody's going to show up when the party's on. You know what I mean? The friends are always there when the party's there. The true friends are the ones that (laughs) hang around when it's a mess at the end and help you clean up the mess. (laughs) I realized who my true friends were, and I also had an opportunity when I went through it that – it strengthened me. You know, if you break your arm, for instance, where you Mm -hmm. fracture that arm, if it heals properly, it's absolutely stronger after that break and it heals in that very spot than it was before the break. Sure. And that's what's happened for me is, is those areas. Um, and like you were talking about, my mess has become a message. <laughs> you know, who can, who can explain that? You know, but that's what's happened. That's right. You know, and we all have these testimonies and our testimonies are our mess and how we've evolved and grown out of them. But I think, uh, you know, the the sad point in life is a lot of people don't understand how their struggles, how their stories can benefit the person who might be standing next to them. You know, we always just eternal. This is just me. This is just me. You know, I have to have to keep this to myself. I don't want anybody to know, you know, I messed up over here and I did this wrong and I did this wrong, not knowing that. Being upfront and honest about that might actually encourage somebody else's growth and maybe possibly your own. It's actually the way that we heal ourselves. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it, in reality, me sharing my story. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I first started writing my book and when I first started doing some of the speaking and sharing my story, I was like, yeah, I'm going to share this and help them. Mm-hmm. I, I had it completely backwards. You know, I mean, I, I get so much more out of it than. Than what I, the people that maybe I share stuff with. And I, I almost think that, I almost think that I'm, I, sometimes that maybe I do it because it's almost a little selfish. I, I don't mean it the wrong way, but you know what I mean? Yeah, but I, just I understand. I understand. I when I share my story and maybe somebody, maybe somebody listening today gets encouraged and they, they get up and fight back instead mm-hmm. of wallowing in it. What took me three years, it takes them three weeks or three months. That's right. That's what it's all about, you know. That's truly what it is all about. And um, with that, Jimmy, this is a good point for us to take our first commercial break of the day. We'll be back to talk more about Jimmy's uh, bounce back right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. 
Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Today I am with Jimmy Burgess. He is the author of What Just Happened, How to Bounce Back in Life So You Can Do More, Have More, and Be More. And right before the break, we were talking about uh, uh, when he lost everything and started to bounce back and, you know, realizations that uh, Jimmy had. And I was watching uh, one of your YouTube videos, Jimmy, and you made this quote, this comment. When you lose focus on who you are and what's really important, things begin to tailspin. And for me, that brings to mind like the image of the gambler who's sitting at the table and they've lost it all. And they say, you know, if I just pawn this last little thing, you know, I can hit it big or whatever. But oftentimes I find when we're like losing our way, we keep on just kind of floundering around and and keep on trying to just one more thing, just one more thing instead of like letting it go restarting resetting and um you know trying to come out of it out of it that way you know a lot of times when we start to go down we don't say wait a minute let me stop and refocus um how did you find yourself in that situation i mean i guess so because we ended Ooh. up bankruptcy right? <laughs> did i <laughs> uh, uh, you just uh, you just flashed me back <laughs> that mentality i mean yeah. you know it it is. It, it's a time where, you know, you you keep thinking, oh well, I'm going to fix this. Or yeah. you and, and and the crazy thing is, is I kept saying I was going to fix it, and every morning I get up and do the same things I was doing the day before. They were making it bad, you know. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. But um, you know, it it, it really does, you know. Mm-hmm. You and and ultimately, what I found out was is that um, in all areas of my life, when I want things to change, it first has to change inside. Um, what's my motive? Uh, my motive was trying not to lose things. Uh, you know, when I was when it was tail spinning out of control, it was foc- It was self focused. Um, it was focused on what's what, how does this affect me? In times, whether it be um, relationally, whether it be um, spiritually, whether it be financially, that that I have. Thrived rather than survived, I guess, would be when I focused on other people. Um, it, it's just, it, it's so amazing, those things. You know, Lana, when I was in the really middle of this, and it took three years, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I mean, it, it's, that's a tough three years. It's a tough place to be where literally I can remember sitting at my desk and the phone would ring and I would just cringe because I knew it was probably a bill collector that I couldn't say anything to. I mean, I can remember sitting there. And, and maybe somebody listening can understand this and being so overwhelmed by the pressure and by the concern and worry and fear that I literally couldn't take a deep breath. I mean, I would, I, I would try to take a deep breath. I'd get half of it out if that mm, makes any sense. And true. I just remember realizing that I had to, I had to get back focused on some of the other things. And what I found is, is that the things that I focus on, Typically, I can find more of those things. I find more of those things as the day go on. I would wake up in the morning and my stomach would cringe because I would worry about things that may happen. And I would sit there in that fear and I would think, oh, poor me. And when I did that, because that was the way I was focusing on was those worry and those fears, I could find more things to be, to worry about. I could find more things to have fear over. Um, and what I did personally is, is that I, and I still do it to this day. I, I got to a place where I just, I drew a line in the sand. I said, you know what? There's nothing I can do about my past. But what I can do is let my past, I can stop it right here where my past doesn't continue to control my future. And so what I did is I just, I knew I needed to focus on different things. I began to focus on the things I was thankful for. To this day, I still do it. I did it this morning. I got out of bed, and my first foot hits the floor, and I say, thank. My second foot hits the floor, I say, you. Yeah. And, and, and I spend the first 10 to 15 minutes really focusing on the things I'm thankful for. You know, uh, my children, opportunities, another day to get up and fight, you know, yeah. for what I believe in. Um, you know, uh, the relationships that I have, um, opportunities to make new relationships, the ability – like today, one of the things I was thankful for is – Maybe I get an opportunity today. Maybe somebody that is listening right now that's in the middle of something gets encouraged and, and gets off of playing their heels, playing defense and reacting to what the world does and begins to get back on their toes and play offense and, and having the world react to them. You know, those are the things that I focus on in the morning. And here's what happens is, is when you focus on things that you're thankful for. It, it, it just happens. All of a sudden, your eyes, it's like you begin to have your eyes are open to the, all these things around you that you've been taking for granted that were there the whole time that you could be thankful for. You find more things to be thankful for. So I, I think you're right. When you're in that middle of that struggle, you just think, if I could just do one more thing. And in reality, you've got to change. You've yeah. got to 
shift your focus. You've got to change your mentality, and then you've got to take action in a way that's different from what you've been doing because what you've been doing that's gotten you in the mess, it's not going to get you out of it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I know in my my times in life when you know, I was going through my struggles and, you know, just trying to knock my head up against the wall, I, I was continuing to do the same things I was doing before and thinking that was going to change things. There were people around me, you know, like you mentioned your daughter and you mentioned your daughters and your wife or whatever, people that truly loved you and, you know, the, that were there for you and supportive of you. Those are the people, unfortunately, we tend to negate, negate and discount when we're going through struggle, which is so backwards, but. You know, you know, yeah. this is this is this is our love and support system. These are the things that we need to be focusing on. These are things we need to be thankful for. These are the things that are going to give us the the emotional fulfillment to get out of this mess. But we're so tied up on me, me, me. You know, I can fix this. This is myself. I could do this or whatever. And you know, um, you know, that's part of the lesson that we have to learn is, you know, there is a support system around us. Um, you know, we have to find who they are because sometimes we do get distracted with that you know you have this advice coming from people who really don't have any concern for you at all but when you find your support system and and, and tap into that um, you know things begin to blossom things begin to fix itself real quickly there when you get yourself around some true genuine love and support yeah, I'll tell you what else. You know, I did when I was in the middle of all of my struggle was is that I just felt overwhelmed. So I would get to a place where I would just try to focus on um, how or what way am I going to do to fix this. Mm-hmm. And in reality, when I finally got to a place where I just changed instead of figuring trying to figure out the way to get out of it, I, I really realized why do I have to get out of this? Yes. I mean, what is my why? Why does my do my daughters and my son need to see me? come through this mm-hmm. why does my wife who supported me through this need to see me fight back mm-hmm. at, at all of this uh, you know why is it important that I don't let this continue to hold me back from all that I'm created to be when I finally got to a place where I had could clearly see why it was important the way made itself appear I mean it, you know I mean but sometimes we get so overwhelmed with how am I going to do this what way am I going to use to get out of this and we and we just miss the thing that really drives us, which is why are we doing what we're doing? Because once we identify that, everything else takes care of itself. Everything falls. When you start walking the way you're supposed to be walking, it's amazing how things just start to fall into place. And you're like, wow, it was this easy? What was I fighting so much for? Um, I'm curious, just going back to the um, the day there, you know, you're, st- you're sitting in front of the bankruptcy court. What day did you say that was? May 4th, 2009. Okay, so we go through that and we come out of the um, office there. What's Jimmy's next step? What do you do right after that? You know, it, it actually, it, you know, I give you that day, but these <laughs> things don't happen overnight. You know, I mean, literally, I was in that mess for three for three years, but about three months prior, you know, I knew we knew when the date was going to be. Um, oh. So I began to prepare myself, and in, it was almost like I finally had begun to turn the corner mentally. Well before that, you know, about six months before, and I began to, even though I didn't see the results immediately, financially, every area, mm-hmm. I could feel it inside that things were changing. You know, okay. I could feel that that um, because I was flushing my mind with that positivity, I was refocused back on other people, that I began to feel like that cup that was so full of worry and fear was mm-hmm. beginning to clear up. It was beginning to get flushed to a place where it's getting back to what it was supposed to be. Um, well, so – we go through this, and then within about a month after um, I uh, had been through that, I truly believe seekers find. And so, <laughs> about you know, about three months before, I began to just diligently search for something I could do. Um, and for me, that came. Now, this was before there were cash for gold stores on every corner. Okay. This was before gold took off. But I found um, a uh, I found an article on CNN um, FN. Okay. com that said was talking about these gold parties where these ladies would invite their friends and you know that they sell their old scrap jewelry and um, you know and so I was and they talked about how you could make quick money ten percent of whatever you invited there and I was like well if they're making ten percent somebody's probably making a little more than that to do it. <laughs> and so uh, so I just began to search and I did it all my diligence and um, 
you know, when you're seeking, you find. And I, I, I found a friend of my dad's who had been um, about two and a half hours to the west of us that had been in the uh, jewelry business his whole life. And um, I just I, I asked him if it made sense to him because it was going on in California and in the West mm-hmm. Coast long before it got to the East Coast. So when I started it, nobody else was doing that over here. I just went to that guy and said, listen, um, I'm in a position where um, – I don't have a lot, but I don't need a lot. I need well, here's what I need. I'll do all the work. You just teach me this, how to do this. And he did, and um, mm-hmm. you know it, it took off. And so after it had taken off, and I went through the bankruptcy, I went back to him later on, and I said, uh, "Hey, uh, I think we've proven there's a business here." And I said, "You know, could you?" Support me in a way to help me get started and then uh, give me the ability to buy you out um, at a later time. And he did. And mm-hmm. um, that really uh, – it was crazy how quickly everything turned around financially. Um, and But here's the bottom line. You know what it was? Is when I was trying to figure out what I could do, I was like, okay, we're in the middle of the recession. I mean, we, I mean, I mean you know, remember 2009? Yeah. I mean, woo, you know, yes. I mean, we were – I mean, Especially there was a lot the industry of industry that you were in. Oh, come on, everybody. <laughs> and, and I'm along the coast, and it yeah. affected everybody. And so I was like, you know, what if, what do if people need right now? Well, i tell you what they needed right then was they needed cash. And so with that in mind, um, that's what I did. I, I shifted to, uh, uh, to giving cash away at these gold parties and uh, focusing on helping other people, and it took off. Okay, okay. Now, listening to you talk, you know, I mean, it just seems like, just by nature, just in your DNA makeup, you you are designed to um, thrive and excel and succeed. And you know we have to accept we have there's a reality out there that some of us are just nine to fivers and some of us are achievers. What do you what do you feel the traits or the qualities are for somebody like yourself to you know be able to just thrive no matter how many punches life throws you? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a. I, I think thriving is different for everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, I think um, I'll tell you this. You know, I've got a friend of mine um, that uh, that has a government job. Mm-hmm. That guy is one of the most fulfilled um, <laughs> people I know. Yes, uh, because here's the thing: is is he's like I couldn't do it. What you do? I couldn't <laughs> worry about payroll. You know, I couldn't worry about not having a paycheck next month. But let me tell you what he does: is he uses what he has. To help other people. I mean, this guy. This is a guy that uh, that goes and speaks and helps train up at a prison. You know, these, oh, these are guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, your purpose. I, I'll tell you this. I love the quote from Deion Sanders. Of all people, now listen. I'm a Florida State guy. You know, growing up. <laughs> You're gonna say Deion Sanders. <laughs> yes. so, here's the thing: is what I loved about Deion Sanders at his uh, uh, when he was doing his Hall of Fame speeches. He said, "If your dream or your purpose." And your mind doesn't involve more people than yourself, your dream isn't big enough. So I'll tell you, ultimately, I've been dead broke and happy because I was in my purpose, you know, and I knew that I was helping other people. And I've had money and been miserable because I was completely out of line with what I was supposed to do. So I don't think it has anything to do with money. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think. Thriving has to do with what was given inside. What did you – nobody had to teach you how to do. What was it that was woven into your soul that you're just naturally good at and that you drift to that to do when you don't have to worry about money? In other words, what is it that you enjoy doing? What's been put inside you that you're supposed to share with other people? When you find that, the money is – it'll come and go. I mean, but but that that – that purpose and that drive to help other people, that's what sustains and that's what makes life what it's supposed to be, which is a focus on other people and just full of excitement and passion um, for helping other people. Nothing truer than that. Nothing truer than that. I can truly be a testimony to that. Jimmy, we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be back to talk more about your book right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today I am with the wonderful Mr. Jimmy Burgess. He is a uh, speaker, coach, and author of the book, What Just Happened, How to Bounce Back in Life So You Can Do More, Have More, and Be More. And, uh, Jimmy, my next question is, how did the decision to write a book come about? 
<laughs> you know, it, it was. It's kind of interesting when, when you when things are starting to change in your life, good or bad, people notice it around you. You know, and, uh, when uh, when we began to bounce back um, financially um, in 2009, and and it wasn't just financially, obviously, but when people began to see you know things bouncing back relationally in my life, everything else coming into alignment, uh, people asked, you know, what are you doing? You know, because mm-hmm. there were so many of us that were in in the middle of that back then. And, they, and I said, I, you know, I don't really know. I hadn't thought about it. Um, and they said, well, you think you could help me? And so I began to um, kind of sit down with some friends that would ask and, and formulate a plan of kind of what I did. And once we began to see some results, I began to do some research because, you know, I mean, if you go out throughout history, I wondered financially. But in reality, all of the steps that I used financially were the same steps that affect us, whether it be any area of your life, health. You know, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So I began to just do the research. I got kind of interested in it, and I began to study what is it that Abraham Lincoln did when he went through all of his failures and went through bankruptcy. What was it that Henry Ford did when he had bankruptcy but came back in a way that he changed mm-hmm. uh, changed the world? You know, what, what did Walt Disney do when he went through bankruptcy mm-hmm. and just had to start over in his you know in his in his forty uh, you know around forty years old? How, how, what were those? What were the traits? And then as I began to do that, these same steps that I had done that I didn't even realize it, I began to see that people throughout history had done those things and that in reality, you know, there was a process to walking out of whatever struggle you're in. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I did that and I kind of began to put these things together, I got asked to speak about it. And so I began doing some speaking and I was obviously doing some coaching and helping some people through some things. And uh, then somebody said, well, you need to write. Now, listen, you got to understand, Lana, you can hear my voice. I mean, I <laughs> – you know, I, I told somebody the day one of my good friends the day that our that the book hit number one Amazon bestseller in multiple categories about a month ago. I told somebody I said, if you want to know, I'll guarantee you Ernest Hemingway is rolling over in his grave right now at the mere thought of somebody like me. You know, but so and you know, I began to write these things and I just wrote from the heart. You know, I, I, warts and all, I wanted yeah. to be very transparent. And uh-huh. what's happened is, is it's given me a platform to where I'm getting to share my story from a way. I just don't want my, I don't want my struggle to be in vain. You know, I, right. I think probably for you, you know, knowing your background, a lot of the, what you're doing now is a direct result of the fact that you know how difficult it can be. And you're driven by the fact that you want to help other people not have to go through it as hard as you did, there you know? You I think that's what drives all of us, but it's kind of fun though now because you know we did a book signing. At the, I'm in a little small town in Northwest Florida. We did a book signing at the uh, at the local library, um, a few of the local authors, and and I had this you know friends and family and, and people that I've known for a long time come in, and uh, we're at the library and there's this line of people getting ready for me to sign the book for them, buy the book. One of my English teachers from high school comes walking in. She's not there for the book signing. And she's there to go into the library. She walks by and stops and looks. I haven't seen her since high school probably. She looks over at me and she says, you wrote a book? And I said, you know, I'm in the style. I said, yes, ma'am, I did. And she said, one of the last people I'd ever thought and walked off. And I was like, good night. If that's what she said, what was she really thinking that didn't, that can't, didn't come through the filter, you know? But, but it, it, that's what's great about where we are and the time we live in today is. Oh, the teacher said you, I earned my paycheck with him. Huh? Oh, my gosh. You know, she's, you know, oh, but anyway, it, it's an exciting time because that's the thing is, is your message can get out. That's you know, right. your struggle has, is powerful. Your testimony is the most valuable thing you have from a standpoint that its value to others is immeasurable. So I just want to encourage people to do it. To, whatever it is, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people out there that ought to have written a book, of, a story of, about their life. People can benefit from it. There's never been a better time that you can do that than today. The, the, the walls and the gates that used to be in publishing have been crashed down. I mean, oh, yeah. you can, I self-published my book and was told by people and, and in the industry, I had a literary agent tell me that I was naive to think that I could do, uh, that I could make an impact without having a publisher um, and giving them the rights to my book. I tell you what, they, they told me that here we are today. I'm talking with you. I'm doing interviews. I'm, I'm, I'm having an opportunity to speak in places and to coach people. Right. And, and I just want people to know that don't let somebody tell you something 
that, that you know in your heart is not true. And that's where we're at today, you know, is there's so many opportunities. There's so many. Technology today gives us so many avenues that we oh. didn't have before. You know, and like you said, you mentioned publishing companies. They're still so regimented and stuck in stuff that they were doing 15 years ago, and this is the way. And, you know, I don't know if there's authors out there that understand the process, but you submit these manuscripts. They sit on somebody's desk for a year, and, you know, you kind of hope and pray, and then, okay, no, we don't want to take your your book. Um, but, you know, now you have a way to get your message, your story, what you're trying to do out there to people almost instantaneously and it just spread you know uh, just exponentially and and the ability to touch people's lives and you know connect with people and do the work that you are put here to do and and i need everybody to understand that you are here for a purpose you know uh, you might flounder around finding it but you are here for a purpose um so, you know, and like I said, you know, it's just wonderful that we have these tools today to get out there and share our purpose with so many people as possible. How, how exciting is this, Lana? I mean, literally, we're 2,000 miles apart True. right now. Or and, and it's literally like we are in the same room. True. You know, these connections could not have happened even five years ago, six years ago. True. I mean, we live in a time where you literally can make connections with like-minded people so quickly, and, and it can have so much impact that it's, it is – and I'm so excited. I mean, that's where we are today. Yeah. Imagine where we're going to be tomorrow, you know, so it's an exciting time. Oh, amazing time, amazing time. And um, I, I want to make sure I don't get too, too distracted here. Um, I want to say I, I love, absolutely love the format of your book um, because you have these – you know, questions that you and the reader has to ask themselves, and then you you give them you know an action. You have to take action, because um, a lot of times with self improvement books, you know, it's just this blah 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 some quotes and stuff like that. And okay, now there you go, you make it happen. But you hold people accountable, you know, with your book. And why is it so important? Do you feel that? People not only get the motivational self-help help that they need, but there's also somebody there to guide them with an action plan. Why is that so important for change? I, I think that's where it all starts. You know, I mean, you can, you can talk about it. All, I mean, we all know people that are talkers. You yes. know what I mean? I mean, you know, in, in this society, I, I heard a quote the other day and it said, you know what? We live in a society today where the, the people that talk about doing things are going to get run over by the people that take action. There you uh, go. Because things are changing so fast. The reason why I put the action plans at the end of each chapter was is I wanted people that when they read it, they, they didn't just get – they just didn't get it, you know, inspired by it or they just didn't say, wow, that's really good, that it actually moved from thought to action because mm-hmm. until you take action, nothing's going to change. I hate this. I mean I don't want to be blunt, but I mean in reality, you can think about things getting better all you want. But mm-hmm. when you get in the grind and you actually do the work to make the change, here's what happens is is that that action, it, it actually begins to – there's a reaction to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things around you begin to open up. Things that you didn't realize were there are so much easier to do because you're in you're in action mode. That's Once you start taking action, it, it it brings momentum. Momentum brings change, and so it's so critically important to not just talk about things. You know, it's great to talk about it and to think about it, but ultimately, when things are going to change for you is when you physically take action on whatever it is that you need to change. True, so true, and um, you know I think and and that's another struggle I deal with with some of the way we have evolved you know in society because we just love to you know hashtag this on you know your social media site and that's my involvement for making something happen but there are some very active steps we have to do to make change not only in our lives but the lives of those around us the lives of the generations that we're going to be leaving behind you know but there are active steps that we have to be cha- taking on a day-to-day basis you know I, I tell people all the time you know one of the things my grandmother used to always tell me is when you close your eyes for the final time this world should be a better place because you were here and i think people need to understand they need to be involved with the whole process not just lay back talk about it and let it happen or unfold you know you need to put your your hands in it and go to work is that some good North Carolina wisdom I'm hearing? Right <laughs> that's, that's some whistle Salem, North Carolina wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. 
It's so true, though. Isn't it? I mean, and it really is. I mean, you know, the whole thing is that, I mean, is that each of us was put here for a reason. You know, you talked about purpose. There's no doubt there's a purpose. But in reality, the purpose is, is how do we affect other people? You know, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. What does my story, what does the, the movie of my life, how does it play out in a way that encourages people to take it to the next level. How does it encourage your daughter to, 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 to take this life to a new level? You know, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's right. what the, that's what it's all about. That's right. That's right. So true. I mean, just so inspirational. Um, Jimmy, we're going to take our last commercial break of the day. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Today we have been inspired and talked with Jimmy uh, Burgess and being inspired uh, to to get out of our mess that we've got ourselves in. He is the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, What Just Happened, How to Bounce Back in Life So You Can Do More, Have More, and Be More. Now, Jimmy, in your book, you have a, a chapter called Admit and Take Ownership in Your Actions. And for me, uh, let me just be the first to admit, this is a real growth area that I struggled with um, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, it'd be, uh, you know, Lana, okay, you know, you screwed up this and you screwed up that, but it was so hard for me to say yes that was my fault i did it wrong why why do you feel it's so hard to say? <laughs> i just messed that whole thing up uh, it, it is that to me this is i mean it's the first step in every recovery process i mean it's the first step with alcoholic anonymous it's the first step in spiritual recovery it's the first step in anything you face is mm-hmm. taking ownership of your mistakes and and it's so easy not to. You know, it's so much easier to blame other people. That's right. You know, it, it's so much easy to think that you're just a happenstance, that things are just happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, here's the thing is, you know what? In life, sometimes they can. Yeah. I, I mean, let's be real. Sometimes things can happen that you don't have any control over, but you can completely control how you react to them. You know, True. you can control how you frame them in a way, um, that, and there's not, there's a natural process in that, but there's a way that you can frame them in a way that, you know what, I'm gonna use these things to be better. For me, my, my whole thing was, is I spent three years pointing one finger at other people, not even realizing <laughs> I had four coming right back at me. There you, you know, go. I mean, and so what I ended up having to do was, is I ended up, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned a little bit before, I had to draw a line in the sand. I took one day, and I actually said, okay, today is going to be my day that I'm going to write letters to everybody that I feel has done something wrong to me. I, I didn't send them to them. That, that's been bad, you know, but I tore into them, you know, on the paper. And, and then I just ripped it up when I was done, you know, and I, and, and I just thought about it from a standpoint of, you know what, I can't change the way that things went down. But I can change my heart and understand that uh, I'm gonna get stronger through this. I, I, I've actually started to focus on the fact that you know, even the people in some of the business situations that had done me wrong, mm-hmm. part of the reason why is there were red flags all the way along, around, along sure. the way. I, I, I allowed them to get close enough to hurt me, um, sure. and so it was my fault to a certain extent as well. So I just think that the main thing we've got to do is, is once you begin to take responsibility. You, you take the power back. You know, you right. take the power back that instead of being a victim, you become a victor. You, you, you don't let, you aren't being affected by what others do. You're being affected by how you decide to handle what others do because ultimately it's kind of bad. Uh, you know, not everybody's for us. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that it's, it's hard to learn that lesson because I learned it the hard way. Um, but you realize that people aren't for you and, and because they're insecure, sometimes they'll try to tear you down. You know, I grew up along the coast and we would have these family crab boils. I'm going to tell you this quick story because I, I love the analogy here that, that, that you can see in nature. Um, we would go do these crab boils. My dad would pull this little boat up on the side of this little shallow, needed, waist-deep water in Destin, Florida that would – that's called Crab Island. It's now this big party place. It wasn't that when I was growing up. It was this place called Crab Island because – there were crabs everywhere, blue crabs. Okay. He would turn the boat off and let the tide drift it across that little shallow water area. He would stand in the front of the boat. The shadow of the boat would make the crabs run away. He would say, there's one. 
myself, my brother, some of our friends, the boys, we would jump out. We'd scoop those crabs up. He had one of those old wash tubs, if you've ever seen them. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and he, would, he would float behind the boat. He'd tie it to the back of the boat. We would dump the crabs in there. It didn't take long. We'd fill it all the way to the top. Well, one day we're sitting there, and it's almost all the way to the top. And I'm looking. I said, Dad, we got to put a top on this, you know, yeah. on this. You know, they're gonna just, all they gotta do is just crawl to the side and just fall out to safety of the water. He's no, no, son, just take them out. <laughs> I went back and washed them, and literally one of them finally gets to the place where he's like, this is crazy, I'm gonna get out of here, you know. He crawls all the way side, just as he's about to fall out into the safety of the water, one of those other crabs reaches up with his pinchers and pulls him right back down to that mess. Crabs in a barrel. Oh, and here, here's the thing is, we would boil those crabs, and literally that crab would hold on to the death of that other crab but let him go and, and what I realized when when I was in the middle of my struggle was is that there, I had people around me that were like those crabs mm-hmm. they weren't there trying to lift me up or help me get out of it because they weren't willing to make the sacrifices I was willing to make That's they right. weren't willing to do the hard work and go through the grind that I had to go through to get out of that mess so they'd rather tear you down I, I think it's critically important that we realize who we've got around us because ultimately if you can show me you know the old Jim Rohn quote you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with true you are you show me the five people that you choose to have around you and that you spend the most time with i can show you who you're going to be in the future and so evaluate those relationships in a way that you realize that you're going to take responsibility for for who you are by who you surround yourself with True. I mean, and it's not always an easy task. It's a very painful process when you have to let go of some people or, you know, actually cut some people because, like you said, they're not willing to go sometimes. You know, just cut yourself off from certain people in, in the benefit of your own personal growth. And, you know, um, you know, that, that's a limbo, uh, a tight line that some of us walk because we don't want to hold on to some of these people, but for your betterment, for yeah. you to get to where you're supposed to be, you have to let some people go. And, and the betterment of the people that are, that are most important around you. You know, I mean, it's, it's so, again, it goes back to once you know what your why is, it is difficult. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, here's the thing is, is if it wasn't difficult, you know, we'd have very few people that, you know, we, we live in a society today where a lot of people are struggling, you know, and and I hate it. It drives me crazy because, um, because it, it doesn't have to be that way. Now, there's mm-hmm. certain situations where there's struggles that just happen that you can't control, but there are so many self-induced struggles in the world today, and it all starts with the mentality. And once you can focus that mentality on the fact that you know, I, I, you just finally get to the place where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I've got – there's something more for me. I wasn't created to stay in this mess. Mm-hmm. I was created to be an impact on others, to make an impact in a way that's going to leave this place, as your grandmother said, as a better place. Mm-hmm. That's when we know we're getting in a place where we're doing what we're supposed to do. True, true, true. Now, also you have this thing, um, and I like the name and, and everything. It's a project and a website called Be More University, and that's kind of with everything and ties into everything that we've been talking about today. But can you tell me more about the Be More University? You know, it, it's it's kind of you know the, with the title of the book, you know, everybody assumes it's financial when I talk about how to bounce back in life so you can so you can do more, have more, and be more. But it's not even about money. It's not it's not about money at all. In, in reality. Being more is is being becoming who we were created to be. What mm-hmm. impact are you supposed to make? So basically, the the website is a place where you you can go on. You can see in my blog posts, you know, some of the video content I've done, some of my speaking. Um, the we're really focused on the website as far as my coaching program right now. We still I still have some clients that aren't in this particular program that I'm just helping walk through some things. But the coaching part of my program is really focused now on helping self uh, you know these these self published authors build a foundation and actually help them get to a place where they become Amazon best selling authors and build a platform that they can share their message on a bigger basis. That's the focus really on the website is is making sure that everybody that comes there in some way leaves more being more of what they're supposed to be. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we've been talking about the book, uh, What Just Happened, How to Bounce Back in Life So You Can Do More, Have More, and Be More. And congratulations because we did mention that it is Amazon's number one bestseller. Is that the only place that people can pick it up? It is actually. It's the best place. When you go on my website, there, there are links there on Be More University, B E. 
moreuniversity.com to where they can see some of the reviews. They can you can go to Amazon and kind of get a you know a taste of what the book is and um, and, and read some of the reviews and get that information. But Amazon's the best place uh, to find the book right now. Yes. Okay. Okay. And you know I was scrolling around your website and I really like that random things about Jimmy and one of them is it says that you 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 search out the. Uh, Places where you are the dumbest one in the room, and yeah. I just I love that because I don't people think people understand how important it is to challenge yourself to evolve. There, I mean, I think I just I just really love that. You know, like okay, I'm stupid. I don't know anything about what you guys are talking about, but I'm going to sit here and learn something. I know. I know. <laughs> Have you ever been there though? You're sitting in a room and you're like. What am I doing in this room with these people? You know what I mean. And so, you know what what I try to do now, and um, and I've, I and I purposely do this is I try to find uh, groups that actually I can be a part of where um, I can grow. You know, I mean, it. it I, you know, I, it's it's hard when you're the when you're in a in a group that isn't thinking the way that you want to think. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a better, uh, for instance, if you want to be a better spouse, better husband or wife. Go be around people that are better at it than you are, and you, you, you know what I mean. If you want to be a better parent, be around good parents. You know, be around people that when you see their kids, you're like that kid right there. Somebody's raised that kid right. You know, you get around those people, and it's gonna it it, it really does. Um, you know, I don't think we value enough how contagious life is. You know, if you're going to be – if you want to be excited about life, get around some people that are excited about life, and it, it gets all over you. You know, yeah. I mean you can't avoid it. But that's what we do sometimes is, is we put ourselves in positions where the contagion that we get is not what we want because of by the people that we spend time with. That's right. I think there's a quote that says, if you find yourself in a crowd and you're the smartest person in the crowd, you're in the wrong crowd. Right. That's so good. <laughs> All right, I'm taking a note. I'm taking a note. <laughs> you know, so you always have to put yourself around people who are going to encourage your growth, you know, not people that encourage your, you know, contentment and, you know, that, that crabs in a barrel. No, stay in here with me. No, it's comfortable right here. Stay here with me. No, you need to be around people who are constantly pushing you. Yeah, okay, yeah, try that. Yeah, do that. Okay, you know what, bringing stuff to the table. Why don't we go out here and, 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 and live life, you know, this way and experiment with that. Um you know, just people that help you evolve. I just, I really, you know, think people to understand the value in that. It's just such a beautiful thing. Um, and you have to make a conscious effort because it, it does get comfortable to be around people. You know what's going to happen. You know how this is going to roll out. I know, you know, what my experience and time is going to be with this person. Um, you know, so it does require you to self-push yourself, but there's so much, much value in that. Um, Jimmy? My hour is up. It always just goes so so fast, and I've just I've just had a wonderful time with you. And um, really enjoyed being. <laughs> I mean, I really have. I don't say that every interview. <laughs> yeah. I'm I am just. Really- so- yeah. You are just so enthusiastic and just so I just man, it's just so fast here. I'm so sorry here, but we are at the end of the hour. Um my guest today has been Jimmy Burgess. Please visit his website, bemoreuniversity.com, pick up his book on Amazon. Uh Jimmy, once again, I appreciate you so much for making time for me. I wish you continued success in your journey and touching people's lives. Thank you so much, Lana. Okay, that is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember, when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I will see you next week.